0: I want to shout out, obviously, to all my moms in the room. Mamas, mom, madre, mothers, mimis. No, no, no. Mamas. Mamos. Hi. We share, don't we? You know, we have stripes that we wear. They're not here. They are generally here, <laughs> but we got them, don't we? Yes, we share that. So much goodness there. So anyway, we're gonna, I am going to continue on in the series about heroes. And I came across, in my preparation, I came across these two quotes, one kind of old and one kind of new. So uh, this is from Ralph Waldo Emerson. A hero is no braver than an ordinary person, but they are braver for five minutes longer. That's really profound. And this one from Gene Hackman, the actor. Who knew? I know, I'm, I'm going ju- to jump right into this one. The difference between a hero and a coward is one step sideways. Wow. You know, I have a favorite book, the Bible. <laughs> you know I was going to say that. But I have a second favorite book. Some of you might know what that is. It is the (laughs) Merriam-Webster's dictionary. I think I said that before. But did you know that there is the the definition in the Merriam-Webster's is, a hero is anyone, anyone who shows great courage. Now let's, I just want you to, to put on your holy imagination with me for a second. We do have that because we have the Holy Spirit in us. So we can use our imagination and imagine along with the Holy Spirit and with me. So uh, just imagine this, that the Almighty God cuts a hole in time. And that hole is shaped like you. And that hole is shaped like me. And at that moment, we have the opportunity to step into that hole that is fit for us. Sometimes, sometimes we don't do that, though. We we either run from the hole or we shove someone else in it. You know, we kind of, we get Moses syndrome. Do you remember Moses, how he would, how he, well, some of you don't know the story of Moses. I'll try not to like make it this big, long, drawn out thing. But so Moses was given a hole by God, a a moment in time where he was, he was, he was asked by, by God. Actually, no, I got to say, it wasn't Moses, will you go? It was Moses, you're going to do this. So he was commanded. And Moses kept saying, oh, no, because of this, and oh, no, because of that. And then finally when God said, but I'm going to make sure that you're all good with all of these things, he said, oh, here, let's shove someone else in this hole. But God said, no, 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 you're my man. So here's the thing. We can either step into the moment that is shaped like us. We can run from the moment And the moment passes. Or we can try to shove someone else into it. But I would like to suggest today that we don't shove someone else into it or run from it, but that we step into it. And I want to share some things from the Bible, some women and well, um, because it is Mother's Day, I, I did want to bring out a few a few women that I think are very um, brave, and they've shown great courage. I love the scripture. First, I want to share this with you. This is from Ephesians chapter two, verse ten. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which are you ready? God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Ha! We're supposed to actually walk into them. Well, we should probably run into them. But the point is, is that we were asked to, we were, we are, God has these things. He's made these things. Like way back then, before you were even a twinkle. Twinkle. He prepared these things ahead of time for you and me, and they're shaped like us. So let's let's step in. Okay. So he has good he has good works for us to do, and they've been waiting till just the right time. Like maybe today. This could be your moment. And it, what is interesting is I. I, God must have really had just a tremendous amount of joy in making these things for you and me, for us, right? He gets excited because he knows what's, what's going to, he knows what's there. He knows what he, come on, he knows what he put in you. Wow. So heroes are those who step into the moments that God has prepared for them that will be a benefit for others. See, heroes are not heroes for themselves. Heroes are heroes for someone else. I need a hero. (laughs) I got all these weird songs. 70s an 80s, well, mostly 60s and 70s songs, but anyway. All right, move on, Robbie. But um, so when it comes to biblical heroes, of course, we could, you know, we could talk about all of the, the, um, the big heavy hitters, right? Like, um, like I mentioned Moses. I, you know, eventually he went on to become, the great deliverer of God's people. But, you know, I could mention Joshua or David, right? I could do those guys, and and we would be correct in this. These, are, these men were heroes of our faith. Um, so, but I, I, like I said, I, I want to bring out some, uh, some women, but some very brave women. So I'm going to start with two women. I should just get on with it here. Um, so uh, they, they were Hebrew midwives. Now, you know what midwives are, right? They help moms birth babies, so they were, they were Hebrew midwives during the time of the enslavement of God's people. So the backstory on this is that the Hebrews, known at the time as the sons of Jacob, a.k.a. Israel, had gone to Egypt a few centuries before to escape a famine, right? They were awesome and they, they began to really multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply. There were like a million of them, and the pharaoh got really nervous, and he tried to do everything he could. Actually, he felt threatened. He was mistrusting and suspicious. But uh, anyway, he decided he needed th- that they needed to be brought down a notch, and so they enslaved them, and it was not a good thing. So, uh, even with the suppression, though, see, this is great. This is the resiliency of God's people. They continued to multiply. They got bigger. The nation got bigger and bigger and bigger, despite the slavery. That's interesting. Now, then Pharaoh came up with another plan. That the enslavement part wasn't enough. Okay, so this is where I pick up in Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. You guys with me? Guys and women? Okay. Uh, then the king of Egypt said to the uh, Hebrew midwives, one of them, one of whom was named Shifra, and the other Puah. When you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, she shall live. Hmm. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. So that didn't work. I mean, it. <laughs> come on. It takes a pretty heroic person, but it takes a pretty heroic woman to defy the Pharaoh who was the ultimate ruler of the nation. And you know what? Because of this, the people of God multiplied even more. (laughs) Go figure. God had prepared Shipra and Puah for a good work. I mean, They easily, can you understand how easily they could have just sidestepped a little? They could have stepped to the side. Of course they could have. They always, that's always a choice. That's always the easy choice. They could have run from it. They could have said, okay, my midwifing days are over. I'm not, I can't do this anymore. But they stepped into the hole that God made for them that was shaped like Shipra and Puah. And just a few lines of narrative later in in Scripture, another woman was called in, was called on to step into a moment, and she is the mother of Moses. So, interesting thing about Moses, Moses' mom and Moses' dad, they were never named. It's just Moses' mom and Moses' dad. Mom and dad. Uh, they are just a couple crazy kids from the tribe of Levi. A couple Levites just, you know, getting together, having children. Then they had a boy. They had a 50-50 chance. You know, they had a 50-50 chance of not having a boy. But they had a boy. And then that's, that's where the moment, there was the moment again. So for three months, they... Hit him. Exodus two, verses two through three. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When he could, uh, when she could know I can do this. When she hid, no, I can't. When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with pit, uh, bitumen and pitch, and she put the child in it and placed it among the reeds of the riverbank. That's, that's some daring right there. I, I, I don't know that I could make a basket. I mean, if that, if that happened to me, that, he would not be here. I'm just saying. I mean... Not because I didn't try, <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, but listen, first of all, it took, it, it took a, a brave and courageous woman to hide a condemned child and then to place the baby in a handmade basket. And then somehow, though, she and her husband knew that God had a plan for that child. It said he was a fine child. And what? uh, Well, all right. Anyway, this plan—they they 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 recognized this plan went way beyond what they could see. They were stepping into rather than sideways. There's always a choice to step sideways. And and the baby Moses uh, was adopted by Pharaoh's sister. I mean, if I didn't believe in the providence and the grace of God, I would say how ironic. (laughs) But anyway, um, you know, uh, this uh, we we don't know what the end result of our bravery is going to be. We don't, but we can trust that. It is a good work that God has prepared for us, and to step into it is it, it it is it is what God wants us to do. Okay, so fast forward a few decades later, when Moses has become God's man to lead the people out of slavery, um, God has become or God has established His covenant with Moses, and the sign of the covenant was circumcision. Later, in the laws, it became the father's responsibility to perform this rite, okay? Uh, on, and on any males eight days older, old and older, but, you know, honestly, at this point, the, something wasn't right in the house of Moses. So he, he was rescued out of the water, he was raised up in royalty, and now he's God's deliverer, Exodus 4, 24 through 25. On the way to Egypt, at a place where Moses and his family had stopped for the night, this is such a strange story. The Lord confronted him and was about to kill him, but Moses' wife, Zipporah, took a flint knife and circumcised her son. She touched his feet with the foreskin and said, Now you are a bridegroom of blood to me. Now, see, that was a moment. That was a moment, ladies. But Zipporah stepped into that moment. Otherwise, something would have happened to Moses. So she stepped in to that moment and took care of the situation. That was pretty brave. Have you... And honestly, this was it wasn't really her place to do it, but she stepped into it. Have you ever been afraid to step into something because it's, you know, someone else's job to do it or to say something. Maybe, you know, you feel this burden to say something, but but there's this hole that seems shaped like you. And we continue. I, I'm getting to a point. And so Second Samuel 4, 4, Saul's son Jonathan had a son named Mephibosheth. I'd like you to say that five times fast. Later, who was crippled as a child? He was five years old when the report came from Jezreel that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in battle. When the child's nurse heard the news, she picked him up and fled. But as she carried, as she hurried away, she dropped him and he became crippled. Now, the woman was a nanny for five-year-old Mephibosheth. Now, David had come into power just then because Jonathan and Saul were dead. And you know what they... Do you guys know what they did to the families of the previous king? Yeah, they killed them all. And so there, there was a real threat here. Now, maybe, you know, maybe she didn't, she didn't know... The nanny didn't know David's heart. But nevertheless she felt the need to protect Mephibosheth. So she stepped into a hole that was, that was the nanny's shape and took him away to a safe place. Now, you know, she probably, maybe she panicked. But sometimes we use this portion of scripture to talk about how the boy wasn't taken care of properly. You know, we say, oh, she dropped him. Can I just say, he didn't die. He didn't die. Okay. Do you know what? This guy ended up being a landowner with servants. You know, he had a life. He had children. He went on to be productive in society. And you know what else? He also ended up sitting at the king's table. (laughs) Okay. Here's another moment where a child was saved by a woman who stepped into a God-made hole rather than sidestepping. 2 Kings 11, 1 through 3. Then Athaliah, the mother of King Ahaziah of Judah, learned that her son was dead. She began to destroy the rest of the royal family. Man, this is so wrecked. But Ahaziah's sister, Jehosheba, I've practiced The daughter of King Jehoram took Ahaziah's infant son, Joash, and stole him away from among the rest of the king's children who were about to be killed. She put Joash and his nurse in a bedroom, and they hid him from Athaliah so the child was not murdered. Joash remained hidden in the temple of the Lord for six years while Athaliah ruled over the land. So the baby was allowed to grow up, and then he went on to become king. And he actually brought good to the kingdom of Judah. He caused the people to turn their hearts back to the Lord and to worship him. So, see, sometimes our stepping into our moment allows someone else to step into theirs. You know, it's not always about the, well, it's not just about what God is doing. Through us, it's what allows a way for someone else to come into what God has for them. We could talk more about women who stepped into their moment. For instance, King or Queen Esther, a beauty queen, who saved her nation from a murderous plot to wipe out all of the Hebrews in Susa. Imagine a whole... Nation of people getting murdered. But, you know, Queen Esther was created for such a time as that. We could talk about Abigail, a very wise woman who saved her whole family from David's sword after uh, her then-husband Nabal uh, acted unwisely toward David and his men. We could talk about her. We could talk about Rahab, who hid two spies that Joshua had sent to spy out the land, and especially Jericho, that fortified city that we talk about often. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Okay, that's so old. I'm sorry, that's bad. That's, I don't even know why that one's, well, no, I do. Okay, anyway, Robbie, move on. She ended up saving her entire household from death when the city was destroyed by God. And the army of Israel. And she was, she was actually named in the lineage of Jesus. You know, she was, a, she was a prostitute. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, she made herself available to God's plan of redemption for the world by carrying the Messiah in her womb. And we all know about her courage and her moment. It's, it's literally the Christmas narrative that we talk about every year. We relive it every year. So, you know, all of these women stepped into a them-shaped hole. A moment that God had prepared for them to do something. And, and look, <laughs> they're written about in the greatest bestseller of all time. I mean, Mary, Mary is written about, I mean, and and Abigail, I mean, for the, till the end of time, till the end of time. Jesus told a parable uh, about what it means to be a hero. And uh, that parable is the Good Samaritan, is about the Good Samaritan, right? It's, it's found in Luke chapter ten, twenty-five through 36. And he said that there was this, uh, and it's a parable, it's a story, right? But he's saying, this is what a hero looks like. He says, so uh, this guy was traveling and he got attacked along the road and so bad that basically he was just laying a- alongside the road, just practically dead, okay? And <clears throat> so there were two guys. One was a Levite and the other was a priest. If I'm getting that right, I think it is. Okay, and so both of them passed by. They saw him, and they passed by. They had a moment that they could have stepped into, and they didn't. But then there was this guy, this good Samaritan that came by, and he's the one that stepped into the moment. So we have our opportunity, and it might be messy, because you know what this guy needed to do? He had to doctor him up. You know, he had to, he had to like, clean his wounds off. He had, to, he had to, you know, deal with whatever. I mean, it, yeah, maybe, maybe they're broken bones. But it said he cleaned him up. And then he put him on his donkey. And then he took him to a town that was nearby. And then, I mean, he obviously needed c- continued medical care. He didn't have time to do it, but then he paid the innkeeper some money to be able to take care of this guy. And, and he said, let me know if, if you need anything else, if you need more money. That's, that's a hero. I mean, now maybe we've heard the Good Samaritan story so much that it doesn't, it doesn't really impact us, but let's pretend that that is a real story. Well, it's a parable. But let's pretend that it was you on the road Let's pretend that you got into a car accident. Wouldn't you want someone to stop their car and not say, oh, they probably have their cell phone? Because that's kind of what we do now, is we just assume everyone has a cell phone and they're fine. But what they need is they need a hero to step into a moment. So there's this, uh, this... there's this brief account in Acts, chapter 17, 34 through th- or 33 through 34. So Paul went out from their midst, but some men joined him and believed, among whom also were Dionysus, the Are- Areopagite. I sounded that out. and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. OK. A woman named Damaris. So there's this lady, and she's mentioned in verse 34, and a woman named Damaris. Now, maybe that's not like a big deal to you, (laughs) you know, because we mention people's names all the time. You know, we just say, oh, yeah, so and so, such and such. But when they are mentioned in the Bible, there's a reason for it. Usually it's because they're a leader or a teacher within the church. So I just want to, it's not a random mention. It's not just, oh, you know, Paul's giving you a, a roster of who was there. Or, uh, yeah, Luke was, you know, making, making, making you know these, these people were there. So I want to tell you, here's the backstory story to a woman named Damaris. In the culture of the city of Athens... Women lived sequestered lives, so separate most of the time from anything, you know, that where men were at. But one group of women were exempt from that, and these were the intellectual courtesans or courtesans. So basically, guys, come on, high-class prostitutes. So they were attached to these rich men in the city, and these women were able to hold their own intellectually. So they, you know, they... They would carry on esoteric debates with, you know, whatever philosophical idea was going on. So these were educated women. The Bible doesn't tell us specifically that Damaris was a courtesan. But the fact that she was allowed to be present at Paul's meeting with the leading men of the city It's a pretty strong indicator that that is what her role was. Both her freedom to be in public and her ability to follow Paul's conversation with the leading men enabled her to understand and to embrace the gospel that Paul taught. So she became one of the new converts to Christianity in the city of Athens. Now, think about this again, she's mentioned in scripture in especially in the book of Acts and in the epistles of Paul because there was an important role that she played now, when she grabbed hold of the truth she had to make a, a decision about her life like what she was doing she was if I mean if scholars are correct she was a prostitute a very well-paid one but she still had to make a change and from that point she had to step into something rather than love the things of the world she had to step in and say okay I'm making a change here but not just that And now, here was a brainiac. She knew stuff. She was smart. She was, she she could understand. She could explain. Scholars believe that she was a leader and a teacher. She stepped into a moment. See, we all have this opportunity to step into the moment that God has prepared for us and to not try to shove someone else in it. Because <laughs> guess what? Reuben's shaped hole is different than mine. Hole, whoops. I can't shove him to the hole that God has for me, and he can't do, he can't shove me in his hole. I cannot put Joel into my place. See, that's not even my place anyway to do that, right? (laughs) You have things that God is preparing for you. All y'all. I mean, it's Mother's Day, and shout out to all you moms. But y'all, us all, have these opportunities. We cannot sidestep or run or shove someone else into them. We have to step into them. And you know what that's going to take? Courage. Yeah. I bet that right now, you know, or even like maybe last week or maybe last month, God stirred your heart to do something. You know, something that you're just like, whoa, ah, that feels scary. Well, <laughs> it all is. Let's just settle the fact that everything that God calls you into is, is scary it's big way bigger than you think it's always going to be that way so let's not use that as the reason why let's just step into what God has for us and I let's just pray together because I I know I know we need I know we all need we all need courage we all need the courage that it's going to take don't we yeah let's pray Father, I thank you so much, God. I thank you, Lord, that God, you have prepared good works. You have prepared good works for us beforehand, for us to walk in, for us to step into and not sidestep or try to put someone else into it. But God, we need courage. So Father, right now, God, I pray that you would you would bring courage that infilling right now of your Holy Spirit into that place, God, where we need courage. Into our hearts and minds, into our will. We ask, God, we are crying out right now for, for you to pour into us what we need. For you to help us to step into even if it means our knees are trembling and to say the things that we need to say even when our lips feel like they're quivering a little bit we need it we need it God Jesus you have given us this breath you have given us this strength God and we will walk in it that great inflowing of courage into us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And while we're still in an attitude of prayer right now, if you'll just keep your head bowed. You know, God has a way for us to be part of His great plan. And that is through Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and we need him there is no doubt about it we need a Savior we need him to be our hero of our life and I know that there are some in this room this morning that feel like I do need a hero and I am reaching out right now and I'm I'm calling out for a hero to come rescue me we need a rescuer is there anyone in this room today that feels like Jesus I need you to come and be my Savior today is there anyone right now if there is I would like to see your hand right now as we are as we are just you know waiting here prepared ahead of time for us father i'm asking god that that god as we step outside of this place of strength and encouragement and courage that god you would lead us into those places that you have for us god the things that you want us to do on behalf of others father God, you have given us everything that we need for life and godliness, and we thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I thank you so much for this opportunity to speak and to to share what the Lord put on my heart. I would love if you would, along with me, give the Lord a hand. Would you do that with me? how you're going to use us this week. Thank you for what you've done right here in this place. Let your word go in our hearts and bear fruit 104 and full in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great rest of the day. Don't forget to grab a, a, um, a baby bottle out there out in the foyer for my friend Ginger. Okay? Be blessed.